Welcome to Alex Anderson's Quilt Connection, dedicated to educate, inspire, and grow today's quilting community. Welcome to the Quilt Connection with episode number 68. I'm Alex Anderson. It's been a crazy, crazy first half of the month. As you might have noticed, I'm a little delinquent with getting a new podcast up to you, and it's because I have been on the road, or should I say on the sea. I just returned from a two and a half week venture, and it was a Quilting at Sea seminar, which started in New York and ended up in Quebec, actually Montreal. And it was fabulous. It was a quilting cruise, and it was to see the fall colors. So luckily, John got to go with me, because otherwise I don't think this two and a half weeks of being on the road would uh, fare quite well. What was so neat was that um, we got to go from city to city and then leave the United States and venture up into Canada. And though it was supposed to be fall colors, uh, Mother Nature decided not to cooperate, but nonetheless, it was simply spectacular. There were some really cool things that happened along the way. Well, first of all, number one, John has never been to the East Coast. So for him, it was a super treat to be able to go to Maine and Nova Scotia and, you know, Boston and, and all those wonderful places and see, you know, who we are as a country. I got to meet up with some quilting friends via the internet, Neen and Marsha, of whom I've never met before, but they graciously showed up at one port and showed John, myself, and our really good friends, Warren and Wendy, around, so that was really great, and... um then we would just go from city to city and poke around. Now, when we were at sea, we would teach quilting, and a couple times it was an afternoon class when, say, it was an early port. Um, I always design new patterns and new projects for the cruises, and one of the things that I always do is a red work. And because we were going to be on the East Coast, I decided to do a lighthouse. So I designed the lighthouse that was is in Boston Harbor. And it was really neat because, gosh, a couple weeks before, I was going to upstate New York for Bernina. And I flew into Boston um, Airport, and there was the lighthouse. So that was very, very exciting. And incidentally, when we cruised into the Boston Harbor and cruised out, of course, I didn't see it, so it was on the wrong side of the ship or whatever. So I'm so grateful that I got to uh, see it weeks prior. Then the other class I did was what you would call fall color forms. And it was real interesting as what it, well, what it was is a small wall hanging that we blanket stitched and I gave all the students, gosh, like about 20 different images that they would be able to choose to their liking and make their own fall wall hanging. Well, I'm like 52 years old and people my age knew what color forms were, but those who were older hadn't heard of them 
nor have those who are younger. And I have to say that color forms were perhaps one of my favoriteest toys as a little girl. If you don't know what a color form is, well, I'll tell you. It's basically the size of a game board, and it's a background that's plastic. And let's say when I was a little girl, it might have been like Barbie's house or something like that. And then there would be these rubbery figures like Barbie that you could put on it and then dress her in an outfit or, you know, a little purse or put a little dog next to her or something like that. Kind of like those sticker things that are gummy that people, um, in fact, I just saw some today at the craft store that people put on their windows for the holiday. So it was color forms for grown-ups, color forms for quilters, and that was a really fun all-day class. I also taught hand quilting and then quilting design. So other than that, when we were at port, people could run around and do whatever they want to do. Now, being a West Coaster and basically California being established in the um, late 1800s, it's always very interesting to me to see architecture that dates back to, say, the 1700s. When we were in Boston, we went on the historic walk on our own. We didn't do it with a tour or anything. And we ended up in Paul Revere's house to see how people lived and, you know, compared to the conveniences we have now, it's, it's just incredible. And because now I'm becoming fairly proficient at video podcasting on the Quilt Show website, thequiltshow.com, I am soon going to start posting some antics of the trip. It's not uh, serious stuff at all. In fact, if you follow my past at all, you know, I kind of have a thing for pirates and we were in pirate um, pirate country. So uh, there's some pirate stuff in there and, and we were at the Vanderbilt mansion. And so there was some stuff there, just not really quilt related, but kind of a slice of what does go on when you go on these cruises. So after the cruise, John and I flew back to New York City and I had the opportunity to hang out with Paula Nadelstern. You might be familiar with Paula's work. Um, the, she's the kaleidoscope queen, if you ask me. And Paula has lived in New York, well, actually the Bronx, her entire life, and loves New York. So even though Paula was also on the cruise teaching, she and, and is heading off to market and festival, she graciously took off a day and met John and myself in New York City. And I have to tell you, I know why she loves the city. I think if I were on my own with John, I wouldn't have gleamed quite the appreciation that I have for New York now. But she took us um, high and low. We were like in the real upscale fat um, shopping district and clothing district. Oh, man. Lucky thing I don't live there because I could get us in serious debt. The clothing and the stuff you can get there is just unbelievable. And being a San Francisco girl, basically, the size of New York is just giganto. You could put San Francisco in New York's hip pocket if you wanted. Plus, I really don't think San Francisco quite has the range of designer clothing, jewelry, giftware, etc. 
On that day, we also went to the Metropolitan Museum of Art just for a couple hours in the morning without Paula, and we were met by her friend Robin and my friend Robin, who I actually became friends with on the Mediterranean cruise last year, and she just gave us a little sneak preview of some things, which um, I'm just going to say this. Right now, at the Metropolitan Museum of Art in New York, they have an incredible tapestry display. It is mind-boggling. You might not know this, but before I started quilting, I was a weaver, and in fact, I actually took an Abison Tapestry workshop in San Francisco, so I have an understanding of how intricate and how long it takes to make one of these incredible historical hangings. Now, this is what I know. Abison Tapestry is done on a vertical loom, and these beautiful antiques that are, you know, hundreds of years old are done on a horizontal loom. And the cartoon, I believe, is pasted or put under the loom, whereas when we did vertical weaving, it was put on the back of the loom, on the back vertical side. So we did that that same day, and then we also went to the American Folk Art Museum, and it was awesome. While the work, and I'm not talking about the tapestries in the Metropolitan Museum, you know, it was just absolutely astonishing. I mean, what we saw there, you know, everything from the great masters up to really modern things, I really, really relate to the folk art magazine. And in fact, there were a couple quilts there that were just absolutely fabulous. So that was very exciting to look at. And it was funny because it started to rain and it poured and it rained and it poured and we got soaked to the bone. John was in his beautiful wool suit. Um, We got $5 umbrellas from street vendors and then met up with Paula's husband for dinner, and it was absolutely a splendid ending to just an incredible day. I do hope I can get back there soon. Well, the next morning, we had till about 1 o'clock to um, kill time, and coincidentally, right across the street from our hotel was the City Quilter uh, Quilt Shop. And we went in there, and though it looks like small from the front, it is like really long and skinny. And oh, do they know how to buy fabric? Just great, great stuff. So there were some quilters there um, who had traveled from another area, and we got to get our pictures taken and, and all that. It was really fun, and the owners are just absolutely fabulous. So we um, walked around the neighborhood a little bit more, went to the antique stores, and then it was time to go to a northern part of New York State. And why we went there is kind of a secret, but I will tell you this. On the quilt show, every year, or we're going to try and do it every year, we're going to celebrate a quilting legend. And so I met up with Ricky up in this area, and we spent two days with an absolutely delightful, delightful person who will essentially get show number 13 all to 
her or him, I'm not going to tell you what, self, and it celebrates somebody who has contributed immensely to our community. John had to fly home a day early, and I'm really sad because Sunday was especially riveting. Now, this particular show is scheduled to show right after Thanksgiving, and you know, hopefully with all the editing and everything, it all comes out in the wash. I would like to say that it's in stone, but uh, I'm not, not going to do that. I know enough about things to know that things can go wrong, though up to now, things have been pretty good. So while I was gone, I didn't really get to get on the internet very much because on the cruise ship, it's like $100 a minute to be on the internet. I mean, not really, but it, but really, but not really, but really. And um, while I was gone, Ricky posted a really interesting question on the blog that received a lot of result. And um, the question was, what have you learned in the last year? And he, of course, caged it around because of the quilt show. But I thought, that is really a great question. He answered for me, which was wonderful because I didn't have time again at $100 a minute to get on and really think about it. But this has been an incredible year of learning for me. And I'm not talking about just the fact that I've become pretty darn good at machine applique. In fact, if you have not learned a machine applique, I'm here to tell you, learn it now if you have a machine that has a blind hem stitch. Because I'm doing borders now, like for my patterns that Joan Wolfram, JWD, publishes. I will do an applique border in one day. I'll prepare it in one day and then I'll applique it in one day. And honestly, when the quilt is quilted, it looks like it's um, hand done. I mean, it's just really great. So I've learned that. That's my quilting thing. Machine quilting, um, yeah, I've gotten better at it. I'm still not where I want to be on it. And I have not used the BSR because I felt that would cheat in writing the book. So but, you know, I'm getting there. It's not like I sit down and, you know, just like dread the process. I kind of like it. But what I've learned to do that's really exciting. I look at, okay, let's start with this. I look at where I was last year right now. Had to do a PowerPoint. Had to do it for the super seminars for Ricky. And I had to do it for Carolyn Reese for Road to California. And let me tell you, I was kicking and screaming and Ricky was patiently helping me over the phone. Um, he's on a Mac, I'm on a PC, so it made it a little bit challenging, but he is a really good teacher. So I learned PowerPoint, yeah, I'm about actually ready to go buy my own um, projector now. But what is so super exciting is I've learned to video things and edit them. So now on the quilt show, I'm able to do video blogs. And once again, Ricky taught me via the telephone, but so much of it is just kind of finding out the basics and then rooting around and becoming comfortable with all the different possibilities. And, you know, it's interesting because as I mentioned, I am 52. When I turned 50, I kind of got a pouty face because it's like, oh, you know. Well, you know what? I've got, I don't want to say more time now. Actually, my time is so squished and scrunched. It's beyond belief. But I have less 
diversions from my children because they're out. Um, I've got a ton of different things on my plate, but I am so glad that I've learned something new. So I guess what I'd like to put out to you is what have you learned in the last year? I don't want to be like January 1st, okay, what are you going to do next year? I want to know what you've learned. I want you to think about what you've learned. And then come to my website, alexandersonquilts.com, and come over to the podcast area and post it. I think this would be a really fun thing to see who we are as a people and what we're learning. doesn't have to be quilt-related. can be, but it can be anything. And then to just wrap this up, I read an excellent, excellent book, Coming Home. Um, the best book I had written to date was My Sister's Keeper by Jody Picoult. Oh, and I wanted to tell you something. In every single book of hers I read, she always mentions a quilt. And I actually emailed her and asked her if she was a quilter. And she emailed me back, and she's not. But I think it's real interesting that quilting is naturally weaving itself into American folklore, you know, novels and all that. But but that was my favorite book. If you haven't read that book, you can't put it down. It's a book about, I can tell you this much because so I'm not going to give it away, a little girl that was born to be a uh, donor for her sister. Her sister had medical problems. And it's written from the little girl's point of view. And it tackles all sides of that issue. It was oh loved that book. And there was some humor in it. But the latest book that I read coming home from New York was Water for Elephants. And I do want to say that there are some uh, chapters in there that kind of hit the R-rated section, but they're necessary to the plot. And so I don't want you to get to that part and go, she told me to read this book. They're very necessary to the book. What the book is about, again, I'm not going to give anything away, it starts out with a 92-year-old gentleman in a, more than an assisted living environment, environment looking back to the days when he ran away and worked on a circus. The book goes back and forth from his adventures in the circus to living in the old people's home. I can usually read on the plane a couple hours and then my diversions kick in like whatever I'm working on, you know, red work or crochet or whatever. I could not put this down. This was even equal to, I mean, the Harry Potter movie movie that they were showing, I couldn't put it down. I would, I just love the book. So I would strongly suggest if you are dealing with parents who are going through these issues to read this book and or if you just want to have a wonderful read, it's Water for Elephants. I can't tell you the author because my mom has the book right now, but it's, you know, on the hot list at the library and it's right there in all the bookstores. So I've been home two days. Yesterday I was trashed with a capital T. Today I'm kind of doing all the things that I have to do, but I just want to say that um, I haven't forgotten everybody. Often when I travel, people ask, because of what I'm doing on the quilt show with Ricky, am I going to give up the podcasting? Absolutely not. It has been an incredible journey for me to learn how to talk into a microphone. Um, kind of scary, too, in the beginning, if truth be known. And um, 
I just want to thank you for having patience during my absence. And again, come to the website, alexandersonquilts.com. I'd love to hear from you in the Quilt Connection area and see what you've learned and if you've read the book, Water for Elephants, what you might think about it. Until we meet, and it might just be at the Houston International Quilt Show at the Quilt Show's booth, I'll see you then. For more quilting information and inspiration, please visit us at alexandersonquilts.com.